You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. again back again uh, uh. do we do that joke before i'm sure we have we had to have done that joke before Ugh. all right music is queued up i always like to make sure because i use my phone to have my notes in front of me i gotta have them queued up hey me too because i don't like being unprepared we can't be we can't be an unprofessional podcast especially <laughs> in front of our new lord and savior of podcasts mr conan o'brien I am so glad we are going to talk about that. He is our king now. We yes. all must bow to the creator, originator, and sole producer of podcasts alone, Mr. Conan O'Brien. Because podcasts would not be what they are today without him. Right. In his show that's only been around f- since December of 2018, mm-hmm. the medium really hasn't grown organically until he dropped his podcast where he talks to people. Literally, no podcast has been successful prior to Conan O'Brien's podcast. None of them. None of them. Absolutely none of them. You know, Adam, you and I, we can learn something from Conan O'Brien's show. We sure could. (laughs) Be ginger. That's that's the key, right? All of his funny stuff is in his hair. (laughs) No famous people. (laughs) Oh, no famous people. Well, John, we don't have a problem with that. (laughs) Let me tell you. No, K-N-O. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's another hilarious misunderstanding here on G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Discussion. Ah, uh, <laughs> that was good. That, that was that, that was real good. My not famous, but the absolutely charming and absolutely funny Adam. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. My also witty, funny, electronic guy wearing the microphone shirt tonight, Mr. John. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Welcome. Here we indeed. are once again. We are back with not one, but two albums yet again. Let's see Conan do that. Yeah, right? Let's see Conan talk about Sleater Kinney. (laughs) He's probably had him on his show like five times. Probably. (laughs) I think he's also had King Gizzard on there too. But, you know. Yeah, Conan O'Brien won't be talking about Sleater Kinney's latest album, The Center Won't Hold. Or King Gizzard and the Lizard's Wizards infest the rat's nest. Nor will he be drinking... Well, what are we drinking? Well... John, it's late. I've had a headache most of the day, and it's tea time. <gasps> it's it's high high noon here on G4D today as we are drinking tea. God, we are misleading the audience. I know, but there's there's something classic just about a hot cup of tea. It's a little drizzle of honey, you know. <laughs> a little drizzle of honey. A little drizzle of honey. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR G4D. I don't know why I find that funny, but just the way you said it, it was just a little drizzle of honey. A little drizzle of honey. That's good stuff. So cheers to you. Cheers to you. I gave you the Doctor Who mug. I believe when it's hot, the TARDIS shows up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, hey, there it is. Yeah, there you're it right. Is. Oh, better catch quick. It goes away. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So I, for those of you who don't understand this Conan thing, it was a Variety <laughs> magazine put out this article about how yeah. Conan O'Brien is like the, the guy who's really bringing the medium up and running. Yeah. Even pretty... though it's been around since early 2004 and five, and other podcasters have achieved this fame. Pretty much they're kinging they're basically crowning him the king of podcasts because he found a way to make the medium a viable business option and look it's a good show i enjoy his show it's funny yeah the dana carvey episode is yeah. quite hilarious yes and i think they actually now have their own like sub show going on right now of where course they, they do of course they do everyone's got the podcasts yeah the podcast for the podcast <laughs> the podcast discussing the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so my dad love my dad he listens to howard stern a lot and howard stern has his own dedicated serious channel where they rerun old episodes but they also have a episode where they talk about the episode that really just aired yeah it's kind of like the walking dead but for for um or talking dead but for howard stern radio mm. do you imagine if someone sat down and like critiqued our interviews not critique but like just talked about it, be like oh yeah this was a great episode i love the way howard did this you know i thought i thought adam had a really good point about the raconteurs album but john just <laughs> i'm his, surprised uh... he didn't mention boards of canada again <laughs> john's analysis was just very very shallow shallow and pedantic <laughs> shallow and pedantic uh yeah that that whole Conan thing just kind of threw me for a loop. I'm right there with you. I don't dislike Conan at all. Actually, he's probably out of the late night show hosts, he's probably my favorite out of all of them. And just like you said, I enjoy the podcast too. But putting that out, Variety, is just very misleading. There have been plenty of podcasts that have been very successful. And I think you and I should mention just a couple just to kind of say like, hey, look, Conan O'Brien's great. Because, you know, he, he, he is genuinely funny and he has great chemistry with his guests that he brings on. But he had a built-in audience. His podcast was going to be a success. It's like, did they even think about interviewing Paul F. Tompkins? Like, come on. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those kind of things where, like, not discounting any of the hard work that he's put in there, but true podcasters... The ones that have been at it for longer than yeah, him, us o- included. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, we've had a wow. We can officially say we've had a longer podcast than Conan. Yes, we have more episodes too. This is eighty-seven. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good for us. Yeah, and that's not even including any of the little side episodes that we've done too, as well. Also correct. Also correct. Wow. Look at us self-promoting. I bet. I, I bet Conan's podcast also isn't on g4dpodcast.com or iTunes or Stitcher. Or Google Music. Uh, or Spotify, even. You know what? I don't think he's on our channel. I don't... We, we, we have not reviewed Conan yet. Didn't he put out an album? You know what? I think he did. I feel like he did. I, I, I feel like he did. I feel like every comedian at one point just had that one random album. Like Jimmy Fallon put out an album. Remember that? No. Yeah. It's, Do I it's want to? It's a good to? thing you don't. No. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't even. Don't. Really. Don't. Don't. Tim Heidecker's albums are pretty good. Actually, yeah, I would agree with that, too. Yeah, chill. Um, but I think his humor is kind of more self-aware. Mm. Jimmy Fallon's, like, 
from what I remember from it, it's been a very long time, and I don't dare look it up right now because I don't need that kind of bad juju. The album had a song about a girlfriend, but it was like Jimmy Fallon do a, doing a funny voice wow. in it, if I remember correctly. He never does those, so that's no, really interesting to see. Never, never whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think it's probably a good thing that Jimmy Fallon has his own late night show because doing a musical album, sorry, man. Was it a, was it a comedy album or was I, it like I think a... it was, but you 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 say comedy as if it was intended to be funny. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it was one of those where it's like this is really just for the fans. Mm. Sorry, sorry to it's that a deep, one. It's a deep cut. That's a the, deep the cut Fallon. out there. If you are that one fan, that's a huge fan of it. More power to you. The the sip of tea goes out to you. Let's see here. Oh, you're actually going to look it up. It's, you're brave. Oh, Lordy. Is it called Blow Your Pants Off? I think so. It's got Jimmy Fallon on like a like a bearskin rug drinking wine. And yep, his pants are off. Yes. Okay, here we go. Neil Young sings The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know what? That might actually be something different. Oh, no. This looks like music from his thing. Okay. Yeah. The Bathroom Wall. Here it is. That's Idiot what Boyfriend. It was. I Can't Idiot Play boyfriend. Basketball. Drinking in the Woods. Road Rage. Snowball. Yeah. Like, it had a chorus like, I'm an idiot boyfriend. Like, like it would, yeah. The last time I think I saw that CD somewhere was out of Sam Goody. Like, that's how long. Chris Rock was my RA album version. Oh, the album version of it. Ooh. The, the what album version? Album. Chris Rock was my RA. Interesting. Is this supposed to be like him in college, I guess? Well, I know he did a, a Chris Rock impression on SNL, so I wonder if that's was tied that the, to that at was all. Was that the one he did blackface for? Yes. Oh, good times. Oh, man. Good yeah. times, Mr. Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you at home who don't know Adam as well as I do, that is dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> yes. I dare say that's a drizzle a of drip. sarcasm. You you could say a plethora <laughs> of sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's time we talk about some good music instead. And I think we should start off with the return of Sleater Kinney. What was that? They have a song where she's like, Oh, that's right. I'm I'm exaggerating, of course. I'm no, not, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it, I'm like if you listen to the show, we, we we say these silly things because we're goofballs by nature, but also because we want to make sure the podcast isn't dry. Plus, it just gives me an excuse to be obnoxious, which I always take advantage of. <laughs> <laughs> ah, lost my note. Oh, no. Lost my note. Hold on. If, if, if you have it open ahead of me, sir, go ahead. You, you can go ahead of me. Oh, boy. Sleater Kenny. What can, what can you say about them? They are great. They are. A, they are? <laughs> yeah, they are 90s, you know, punk rock staple almost. They put a lot of classic albums out. Um you want to take it from here? I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> They've been around for about 25 years, like Adam said. Really came out in the second half of the 90s. They are an indie rock punk band. Just a killer group of musicians led by Corin Tucker, Carrie Brownstein, and... <laughs> well, 
Janet Weiss at one point, but uh, uh, which is the big topic of this album. She yes. dropped because she didn't like the direction the way the band was going, but everything was already recorded. So she did a couple of live performances. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Uh, I have not. They did the center won't hold on, um, I think like Fallon actually. Oh yeah. No kidding. Interesting. She looked very unentertained. Yeah. But, um, then this album, it's their first album in, was it five years? I believe. Yes. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. No, four years. Four years. Last one being No Cities to Love. Yeah, which is pretty good. And the last good. one before that being The Woods from 2005. Great album. That's actually the album that got me into them. Yeah. Um, but they partnered with St. Vincent, who did most of the producing on this album. So everyone was pretty excited because like, oh, St. Vincent's great. A lot of cool guitars, a lot of futuristic sounds. And this album kind of heads in that direction. So... It's the spirit of Sleater Kinney plus St. Vincent, I feel like. And even their, her keyboard player is playing on this album, too, and touring with them. So it's like this weird integration. And I feel like Carrie and St. Vincent have bonded together because I know from reading interviews, these they joke around a lot. They made like a fake touring show about them. Like oh, a, I did like not a, see that. They did like a pilot of like Life on the Road like touring and stuff i don't know if it's out but they talked about making something like that like a mockumentary of their lives so it'll be interesting to see if that actually comes together but yeah this is a interesting album and john (laughs) what did you think of it uh first of all i want to say am i going crazy or are the drums in this album mixed just a little bit lower than the rest of the instruments so I'm glad you said that album. Am I going crazy? Because I'm going to start off my first thoughts by saying, at one point I was really curious as to why Janet would leave the band. And after listening to the album, I can see I can see the two sides to it. Part of me is like, why would she leave? Because the key Sleater-Kinney elements are still there. It's still them. It's still them, yeah. However, I also can totally see why she wants to leave the band because the drums are almost kind of buried. Yes. Not to say that the drumming on here isn't good. The drumming's good, but like there's it's so much secondary. Yes, there's the vocals, the guitars and the keyboards get the highlight really and the drums are just kind of this is going to sound bad, but very Ringo-esque where they're just kind of accompanying everything. It's kind of bringing it all together more basic if i had to use a term that just comes top of mind Oh, good i'm not glad i'm not the only one that noticed that uh yes and not sure if that was deliberate or not but uh i almost wonder if it was one of those kind of things where she was instructed to kind of hold back because there's almost that electronic influence there that we've seen from previous saint vincent work Mm-hmm. Or if it's just one of those kind of cases where she just was not feeling this direction from the get go and just didn't feel very inspired. Yeah, I mean, and there's really not much she could have done. No, I don't. I don't think so with either. These types of songs. So I mean, but I think it's obvious. You know, you read between the lines of Janet leaving. It's obvious that she did not agree with the direction that's here, um, and I kind of can't blame her it feels like a carrie brownstein side project 
It does. Uh, I mean, there are Sleater Kenny elements, of course. Yes. But I feel like it's going to sound terrible, but it's like a vanity project almost. It's a band that's been around for a very long time, 25 years now. This is their ninth album. They, if 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 they didn't have an album before us, like let's say they really just never came out with anything after uh, No Cities to Love. Um, would, that, that's the name of the album, right? Mm-hmm. I think it is. Let's just say for the sake of time it is. If they literally just stopped right there, they were like, okay, that that's really it this time, guys. We're really definitely done. Like they would go down the reputation just perfect from top to bottom. This is the one where it's like, all right, we, we really want to try something new. We want to mix it up. We like working with St. Vincent a lot. We like her personality, to your point. They obviously click on a you know friendship, personal level. And I always appreciate a band that's going to try something new. And, and I think any and all music fans should want that out of their favorite artists because you don't want to listen to the same thing again and again. But I do think that, to your point about St. Vincent, she has a style that if you are familiar with her music you are going to see that style really come into play on this album uh-huh. sometimes where it's more obvious than others and there are sometimes where it's like okay that complements their music and other times where it's like okay this this is where the saint vincent influence is very heavy yeah yeah, I'm. It's not bad by any means of the no, imagination. It's no. just it. It's a very different Slater Kinney album. It is still very enjoyable, still very political, still very feminist. Um, I think the thing that I liked about this, and again, I could be wrong about this. Um, for those of you who are just listening to us for the first time, we typically try and come to these albums as fresh as possible. We get a little bit of background, but we try not to really start deciphering the songs or read other opinions about these songs so if i had to take a guess the title of this album being the center won't hold this album is very much about like you can only be one thing or the other Mm -hmm. either love or you hate either for or against something you are you are not which fits into their themes and their vibes yeah and and especially on the track uh i think it's restless well, you know, they just basically talk about like, you know, just talking about their different flaws and everything like that. And that the person that they love also just has many flaws as them. Um, there's also just that juxtaposition between two tracks like Ruins and Love. Ruins like almost is just kind of like this like more chaotic, you know, just monster of a yeah. track. Love was actually probably my favorite one on the album. I really enjoyed that song too. That it Again. felt like a, it was, but also too, it was their typical fast pace kind of, yeah. you know, rocking song, which I liked the best. Also it had the, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Beautiful rendition. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, you know, that almost kind of sounded like uh, that Rolling Stones song. Whoa, Uh, yes i played a lot of rock band back in the day good times good times i still have my drum set somewhere (laughs) you know there were some really good memories with that i just you know it's that whole thing was just really interesting because it kind of just died out immediately very super popular and then there's a dj hero that's right i forgot about that yeah 
Anyway, I to to kind of just talk a bit more about the different aspects of the album. I'm right there with you. I don't think that this is a bad album at all because, like I said, the core elements that we know and love about Sleater Kinney are still absolutely there, and you still really enjoy them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's not like a radical departure from this no, band whatsoever. There's a lot of good elements to it too, and they keep to the core of who they are as a band. But I mean, it's not my favorite Slater Kinney album of all time, I would say. No, and and I think that'd be the case for a lot of Slater Kinney fans out there. Um, I, I I did try and really pay attention to the lyrics on this um, because for me, I th- I really thought that was going to be the thing that was going to make it or break it for this album, and it really thankfully. I think there are still quality lyrical elements to this. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, look, it's... It, by this point, they don't have to prove anything further. Sleater Kinney they is can still... They do what they want. They're still yeah. going to go on tour. They're still going to play all the classics, and they're going to do this new direction, too. And, you know, yeah. they don't have to answer it anyone, which is they, fine. They've earned an album like this. I totally get that. Now, what did you think... You know, we talked already about the drum aspect of this album. What did you also think about Corinne and Carrie kind of like their back and forth elements on this? Did you get the sense that Carrie was a bit more into this than Corinne? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Like like I kind of said really early in the episode, I feel like it was really Carrie's idea that brought all this together. And I feel like it's not a vanity project for her, but she kind of used that as an excuse to like explore this new sound with her new friend. And it's almost like a sense of betrayal, I feel like, to her band members. It's like, you know, why would Jan... I mean, your Janet is a big part of the band. Like, she makes it with her drumming. And it's like, wouldn't you want to try to work something out where you're like... I, I don't know how much fighting there was and to I keep her... Either. And it doesn't sound like there really was much if she's willing to go and, you know, not compromise or whatever the case may be. So I feel like they lost a lot of collaboration together. And really, it was Carrie and St. Vincent that kind of brought this album together to life. And it's really a missing element, too. Um, And Janet is an excellent drummer. So to have her kind of just push to the background, like we were saying... It, it is frustrating if you're a longtime fan. Yeah, I mean, look, it's okay to change your sound and style, but, you know, it's got to be an agreed thing. Like, um, mm-hmm. one, one we'll talk about King Gizzard next, you know. <laughs> they're, they're bands who can effortlessly switch between uh, soft stuff and then melt-your-face thrash metal. Yeah. But, you know, you have to have... I think in order to do that, though, you need to have some kind of ringleader, which Carrie acts as for Leader Kenny... And Stu acts as for King Gizzard, but there's a vision and kind of like an agreement between the band saying, okay, here's what we're going to do to really explore it. And I feel like Carrie had that meeting with St. Vincent, but she didn't really have it with the rest of the band members. And she's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And they're like, wait, what? LOL. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go into my final thoughts here. Yeah. Um, Overall, this is still going to be a positive score for me. I know sometimes we do this where we kind of really talk about... No, it, it's fair to talk about the flaws in some albums and overall enjoy everything. Yeah. I and mean, I'm going to give a positive review too, so yeah. don't feel bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, it, this is the point of this podcast for those of you who are 
Um, I've only listened to Conan O'Brien's podcast. <laughs> it's it's a discussion. It's about what we're feeling, what we're, and then we evaluate. Yeah, yeah. Because with some with a band like Sleater Kinney, it's obvious that they were trying to bring in something new on this album. And you're, I say this all the time. You're always going to get some points from me when you do that, and that is no different here. And I think two thirds of the band were into this direction and we're about this and we're kind of feeling like, all right, we need something to kind of re reinvigorate things again. We need something that's going to add some new kind of dimension to our music. Make no mistake. There's still a lot of underlying anger here. There's still a lot of underlying anger about how women are still treated to this day and how, you know, they can't make own their own choices for their bodies and the, there's a really somber closer here too yeah, as well really uh the track let me pull it up here broken that just really hits you like a gut punch um but also i don't think that track features any drums on it either nope so i think the writing was probably on the wall for janet wanting to step away because i think whatever the reason is she's she's not as much of a focus on this album and i i don't blame a sleater kinney fan for being underwhelmed by that aspect of the album um i still think that there are things to enjoy here like i said the elements that you know and love about sleater kinney are still there it's still worth listening to front to back mm -hmm. i don't think there's any song that outright is bad i think there's a consistent theme throughout it. I do think that sometimes the St. Vincent elements, they're not as full developed as I would have liked them to be, but I get what they were going for there. This is very much one of those cases where if they do come together again, they might kind of really develop a better kind of overall um, structure than what they have on this album. But for me, it's going to come down to being a uh, buy it. Okay. Yeah. Good I, deal. I think you download this album. Yeah. You're totally fine. I, th I think it's I think it's worth adding to your digital collection. Yeah, I, w I would agree. I'm going to give it a download it, buy it as well. Um, I did enjoy this album. I feel like those of you who are Sleater Kinney fans, you might be a little disappointed, but the core elements of what make the band there are there. And, of course, there's great vocals, great you know instrumental work. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do next. I feel like yes, yeah. Because now, now it's like this is kind of a beginning of a new phase for them. Because um, they, like I said, they've done it all. They've done anything and everything, and now they're trying to figure out what that brave new direction is going to be. Yep. I'll be curious to see who will become the new drummer of the group. Because now they need someone who's going to be in line with potentially, you know. I would imagine that St. Vincent, this will be the, this won't be the last time that they collaborate. That, probably that she not. Collaborates I, with I would them. imagine they work on um, um, they probably work on their albums together. You know. Yeah. There's there's, there's going to be something. Are you, are you a fan of Portlandia? Yes. Okay. All right. D didn't you at one point kind of want like some kind of Portlandia element in this? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this album would be like the parody of like carrie going to fred and being like 
we should make electronica album and that, then make that's like exactly a, what i'm thinking especially the cover of like of her turned around with her head on like the opposite side of her body yeah. with her butt hanging out like i feel like that's like a parody like yeah that, that i guess that's what i was expecting i'm so glad you thought the same thing too i was i was thinking at some point there's going to be some kind of little comedic bit here right i'm not talking about like a skit per se in portlandia yeah but just some kind like of like a reference yeah she yeah, keeps some, that stuff pretty separate from the group she though. does though which, which is interesting but i felt like if it was ever going to happen it was going to be this time yeah because wasn't St. Vincent also in Portlandia, too? I'm sure she was at oh, some they've point. They've had so many random people. They even had the guy from Modest Mouse on there, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 it's speaking, time to go on to the next album review. Yeah, and speaking of changing up your sound and style, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard are back with their 15th album. Dang, it's 15. 15. Second one Ooh. this year called Infest the Rat's Nest. They are a band from... New Zealand, which rocks. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. St- I'm sorry. They're from Australia. They're not from New Zealand. Is that offensive? I'm so sorry. They're from Australia. God, why do I not know that? Look at you, Um, You just earned us another one star review. There it is. Um, yeah, but King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard have been putting out albums nonstop. I think in what was it 2017 they put out five albums. Yeah. Yep, all ranging from microtonal music to heavy metal to jazz. Um, they're psychedelic. Late, psychedelic. It's yeah. uh, prog rock. So mm-hmm. they're very versatile. And this year they put out an album previously called Fishing for Fishies. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not. No, I don't think we did. We missed that one. Yeah. I was a Which l- is surprising because we reviewed all the other albums. Right. I was a little underwhelmed by it. Okay. I think I need to give it a couple more listens, but... I, it, it's fine you know it's very chill it's very like it's a different kind of it's like psychedelic chill kind of rock i guess okay. that's the best way to describe it when you knowing you and i've known you for a while now when you say something is fine like you want to like it more than you actually I, do yeah i know some king gizzard fans are probably yelling at me but i don't know i just wanted i i felt like it could have done a little more for me yeah but this album, <laughs> we go from cutesy, bluesy, electro, pop rock to uh, thrash metal. <laughs> and I don't know if you listened to, I think it was Self-Emulate. Self they they put out that track, one of the first ones. And I was just like, oh my God, what is happening here? So, um, oh, Was it, I, oh, it was Self-Emulate? Oh, I thought it was Organ Farmer. Oh, or no, maybe... I think it was Organ Farmer. You're okay. right. Which, um <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you're right. It was Oregon <laughs> Farmer. But yeah, it, it blew me away as far as, okay, here we go. This is like, they're, they're back in their heavy thrash phase now. Yeah, I, so. I was not expecting this album to be so much fun. Yeah. Like, it I, is ridiculously, um, like, it's ridiculous how much amount of fun you'll have with this. Yeah, if you are a fan of thrash metal, particularly like, oh man, like, Old Megadeth, Metallica, like the big four. Yeah. Picture like this is up your I would even say some Pantera too, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's got a lot. There's a lot of heavy, heavy riffs and just kind of like this whole concept of how the planet is basically screwed. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I mean, it opens with the track called Planet B basically being like, there is no other options. There is no planet B. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. Just, yeah. Yep. That. This is like a concept album from them. The concept thrash album. Concept thrash album from a band that just 
knows how to have a good time with something. We're like, all right, here's our concept. All right, let's write nine songs about it. We got this. We got it. And sometimes it can make for some kind of goofy lyrics. Like sometimes they're just kind of like, what rhymes with hat? Bat. Okay, what's next? Cat. Oh, okay. All right. Planet What's B, next? C. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I feel like for something like that, you got to be a little corny, and it, it works. It, it's purposeful corniness. Yeah, exactly. It, it really is. And it's, I feel like from a band like them, that's just kind of them being self-aware. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're supposed to be really taking this album completely seriously. Right, exactly. It's, 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 in, it's crazy to me that this band has, like, seven people in it, like, two drummers, like, three guitar players, a bassist, and... They all just play in time, like, perfectly. And, like, for a thrash album, like, that's impressive to me. That's one of the things that I've always loved the most about King Gizzard. So occasionally we'll get some people that will listen to an artist like them, and they'll be like, it just sounds like they're playing the same thing over and over again. It's like, ah, but that's where you're wrong. Yeah. Like, they're, the subtle changes that they make in their music – take something like the song Rattlesnake. Yep. It's just always extremely impressive. They're like a like a weird jam bandy kind of band. Yes. And they can stay on these grooves for a while and add something cool, unique, especially in the song organ farmer with the constant, like it kind of does like this. Yes. And they all do it like perfect in time. And it just, it blows me away. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like a lot of people think like that, that's simple. It's not. No, it's not. Um, and I, and, I, and I know that I say that as someone who's not really too much of a musician himself, but I do know a few things, just a few things. And I know that that right there takes some true chemistry from a band. Yeah. And th- this is, you know, to, to our earlier point here, this is just a band that's just kind of in their element here. I feel like they kind of almost feel kind of reinvigorated after some of their previous projects that they put out. Like they definitely had a overall vision here and they definitely like, all right, we're wearing our influences on our sleeve here. Mm-hmm. We, like we know what this album is, but we're just kind of have a good time with it. We're going to grab you from the get go yeah. and we're not going to let up all the way through track nine. I do think it starts out stronger than it ends personally. Yeah. Um, I, like I, like I do think that, Yes, as much fun as this album is, there's not a lot of variety. Yeah, it's you kind of get the same sounds and styles, but you know, there's good variety as far as like solos and you know, tempo there's some changes. great solos in this. Yeah, it's a lot of tapping and little yeah. kind of. There's not, the, the music never really has too much of a chance to breathe, and yes, that's intentional. I don't want to knock the album for that, but if if you're kind of looking for a song maybe like i don't know midway through or something like that to try and add some kind of new element to kind of break up the monotony it's not really there this yeah is, the the what you're getting from the beginning is what you're getting at the end yeah it's a very different heavy album from them i would say probably like the last heaviest album they put out similar to this would be murder of the universe which kind of has more like a metal like concept album mm-hmm but I think the way this was mixed was a lot better and really accentuated the instruments and gave it a really dark and foreboding tone. Now, you have the vinyl. I do. Ha- have you listened to it on the vinyl? Oh, it's great. Okay. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question for you, too. I listened to this. So I, I think King Gizzard mixes all their albums themselves. So okay. there's always, like, 
this if you listen to it there's like a lo-fi very lo-fi quality to it okay, so that was gonna be my question. all the albums kind of have that together but it sounds great you know it feels like you're in the 70s listening to like a like an underground band you've never heard of before playing this like punk music and thrash metal it just sounds like sometimes the mixing could be a, a little like crunched together yeah okay I so, think that, so the vinyl has that same thing yeah it's just uh-huh. kind of their thing they kind of do you know like low budget kind of stuff you know yeah. recording in a basement and you know mixing together okay. i really liked the bass on this album too i feel like you could hear it clearly like the guitars were super distorted but the bass was like this really clear tone so you could always hear it in the mix which is something i appreciate yeah i i definitely will agree with you on that i just felt like some of the guitar mixing like kind of just got jumbled together yeah that's kind of how it is yeah, you, no, you're right. You you bring up a good point. That's that's how it's been on previous albums too. Um, yeah, and 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 like I said, while I think that this is a a lot of fun, I I do think you kind of already have to be in on King Gizzard. Yeah, and we could probably jump in our final thoughts here. Go but, for um, it. If you are a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard fan, then yes, this album is definitely for you. I feel like if you if the first album you've ever heard from them, which same for me was probably Nonagon Infinity, I feel like you will like this album because there's very similar fast-paced elements that are the same in that one versus this one. But if you're a fan of like thrash metal, you know this is f- totally for you. I feel like you can't go wrong with some good thrash and metal, and there's just something about it that when they play, it's just so organic and natural, and just the bond and like you can hear it in the musicianship and quality too. So I would definitely give this one a own it. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think my rating comes from someone who is a fan of King Gizzard, but has been kind of feeling like some of their recent albums, minus the one that I didn't listen to that you mentioned earlier, not that they were in this kind of like creative malaise. It just kind of seemed like, all right, you know, you guys are trying these different things and it's cool and I yeah, appreciate they, it. They're not afraid to temper with different sounds and styles. And I feel like this one, this album out of the, all of them that they've released in the past couple of years has clicked with me the most. Exactly. Yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth, right before you rudely interrupted me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm messing with you, man. <laughs> totally messing with you. Um, it's one of those kind of albums where you're not supposed to take it very seriously like I said, and you can just have a total blast with it from beginning to end. I I think if you are a King Gizzard fan, or if, I rather I say if you're not a King Gizzard fan, I don't think you should start out with this album. Probably not. Because I think you kind of already need to be in on the, on the joke. I'm not saying that their music is a joke, but I'm just saying you kind of... You got enough to know what their shtick is. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. If you come into this completely fresh, not knowing any of their other stuff, it's not going to resonate with you as much. So definitely check out some of their earlier stuff. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the concept overall here. I definitely felt like that's probably the element that was really missing with me with some of their previous stuff was that they kind of had some good storytelling in this one. And I mean, their stories are ridiculous and over the top. Yeah. But here it felt more realized compared to some of their previous albums that they've recently put out. Yeah. And I, while I enjoyed it overall, I don't know how much I'm going to come back to this, but I definitely am going to come back to this album more than their other stuff. 
So for me, I don't know if I'm going to go as high as you, but it's definitely a very strong buy it. Good deal. We're almost there. Almost, almost there. there. Almost agreeing That's on okay. two albums yet again. It, it, I get it, though. I totally get it. I think you're looking at it from the perspective of a King Gizzard fan. Yes. Like, I like King Gizzard. Like, if you told me, like, let's go to a live show with them, I would go there oh right God, with you. I want to so bad. I know. I know. I really thought you were going to go to the Atlanta show. I but should have. I really think should you'd have, have to be in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I'm hoping. Sorry, Atlanta people. <laughs> it's all good. I'm hoping for a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard Christmas album. That's the one the fans are asking for the most. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I that that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I, I I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um, we will show up by my Christmas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it was enjoyable. I had, a, I had a great time with it. Yeah, I had a great time with it, and I'm sure Adam, we are gonna have a great time in mm. December when we go see daughters oh yes john and i are seeing daughters at tampa at the oh gosh orpheum orpheum yes is that in um what's that city ebor you're gonna know better than me sir crap i'm trying to remember where i saw the mountain goats because i'm pretty sure i saw them maybe at that place i'm not sure I'm excited for daughters. That's yes. gonna be that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad we got tickets to that. Yeah. Hopefully, our buddy Chad will join us as well. Come I on, sent him Chad. a message today. I was like, "Get your ticket," and yeah, he didn't boy. respond. And and I know he got that text message because he was throwing out his a spider according to his Snapchat video. He'll get on. So <laughs> I know I'm just giving him a hard time. That's I just don't fine. want him to miss out because I would love to go to a show with him like that. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. And we're gonna go with our buddy John too. Yeah. So and even uh, closer down the line, aka the Sunday, John and I are going to be at Vampire Weekend in St. Augustine. Yes. So we are very very excited. I bought these tickets. God, May. Yeah. Months ago. Yep. And it's sold out. It's going to be at the same August. I bet I'm in February. That's right. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, we are very excited. It's sold out. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I've, so. I've heard good things about the new songs in live context. That's good. So, that's good. I, I try not to look at too many clips, but I've watched a few and I was like, all right, I really appreciate this. That the, They've been smart with who they brought on yeah so yeah i i am i am pumped i am pumped it's just uh, like i saw them about i don't know 10 years ago maybe a little bit more i can't remember the exact time frame now after their first album they played in montclair new jersey right this was before contra they actually played white sky as one of the songs there they had rara riot open up for them that was when rara riot still had their um like uh cello player okay was that when they did discovery probably yeah it was it was around that time okay point yeah yeah it was um it was that that was such a great show because i think vampire weekend they're friends with rara riot but anyway it it was perfect too because the first album mentioned new jersey and yep you know that was a great moment in the crowd to gotta get out of cape cod tonight all that good stuff so it's it's kind of cool that getting the chance to see them again from from at least my perspective because it's like this is a band that i've kind of grown up with for like a long time now so like to see them at this stage and their career yeah it's it's very cool yeah exactly yeah that's what it kind of feels like because around the same age too 
So he, he had a daughter recently, I believe. And mm-hmm. I got a little girl too. Aww. So, you know. John, it's, are you secretly of... Ezra Koenig? <laughs> uh, man, I... I, I kind of, kind of, I, I, I kind of, uh, I don't want to say I'm jealous of the guy, but I, I do think he does some things that like, I wish I could emulate. It's cool, dude. Yeah. Like he's just very laid back. I really like listening to time crisis because I just feel like he kind of doesn't take the show too seriously. Yeah. And he's just very approachable. And let's make Ezra the new uh, podcast. God. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Time crisis. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I'd see, you know, like that's that's why that whole thing, like I don't mean to keep on coming back to it, but that's why the whole thing like kind of drives me nuts because it's just like, ah, so it's a big deal now that Conan's doing mm, it. Conan has it. Mm, Conan wow. on the podcast. And... Well, yeah, right? Like guy was already financially stable for quite a while beforehand. We listen hey, to the po- it's me. It's Jay Leno. I'm going to do a podcast, too. Oh, no. Jay Leno probably has a podcast. Oh, no. The Gene podcast. Sally <laughs> wears his jeans. <laughs> you know, wears jeans and talks about cars. Yo, let's go in the car. I'm Jay Leno. <laughs> I'm going to steal Conan's podcast. Uh, it's, it's either that or get a show on Netflix, right? Oh, boy. Inevitable. <laughs> And also as inevitable is checking out g4dpodcast.com and checking us out on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music. You should also rate us five stars on iTunes and you'll be the fan of the week. Be our fan of the week. Or month or whenever we get a new review. (laughs) (laughs) The choice is yours, fans. (laughs) We we like reviews, people. It helps us out. And suggestions. So send us your suggestions, please. Yeah, we, we, we love hearing suggestions. All about new music all the time. So next up on the docket, I think we're going to have an interesting week next week. We're going to have two conflicting artists. Yeah, we got Taylor Swift, right? And Tool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, that's what we're doing. That is exactly it. Have you heard Lover, the new Taylor Swift song? No, I haven't. It's actually really good. Oh, okay. It's like a Mazzy Star song. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's very good. I think okay. I like it. Instead of, because I'm the only one of you. Yeah, no, that, that's garbage. You're the only one of me. But uh, no, Lover is great. Definitely check that one out. You know, Taylor Swift's always got to have that one song on the album that's like really super pop friendly. Yeah. You know, that's why she had the like. I'm going to say it. Taylor Swift doesn't do good in collabs. Uh-oh. She's got to shine herself. Uh, she doesn't need Brandon Urie to. So I know the door is locked in this room, but I'm seeing that doorknob rattle quite a bit. That wouldn't be because uh, your girlfriend's in a <laughs> in a, ra- a fit of rage nah, right she's now. She's not a fan of that song either. Oh, okay. All right. Whew. Okay. Then that's just my imagination. Yep. Running so. away from me. <laughs> well, everybody, this has been a fun episode. Stay tuned for probably one of the most interesting episodes we'll ever record <laughs> next week. Another episode of G4D. AKA grounds for discussion. discussion. Bye. Caffeine induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4D podcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. 
You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.